This is the Point of Drew Podcast. Point of Drew. We are back. We've got another big episode coming your way. We know you guys are traveling, got Thanksgiving plans, or, or want to get away from the family over uh, Thanksgiving. So we've got some content for you, a lot to dive into. We've got a uh, breakdown week 11 in the NFL, a little NBA content coming your way as well. But happy to be back at it again. What's up, Arden? What up, Z? It's, uh, it's feast week. I'm feeling good. Uh, about to drop another fire episode, break down a crazy week 11, and then uh, I know you got some NBA league pass rankings in case uh, uh, any Druthers want to catch some NBA, they'll know uh, which teams to look for. Absolutely. I'm excited to get into it, but first, you know where we've got to start. The same as always, no surprises here, Jersey Corner. This week, we've got Jersey number 46. A little bit tougher of a number here. We're starting to get into uh, into the weeds with some of these. 46 uh, could be an interesting one. I'll let you kick things off. A couple honorable mentions for the number 46. Who you got? All in all, 46. Uh, pretty garbage jersey corner number. No offense to any of these guys I'm going to mention, but um, in general, pretty, pretty rough go of it. But uh, a couple honorable mentions. We'll start Herm Edwards. Uh, he wore 46 when he played in the NFL. He was a, a corner for the Eagles for a few years. So um, more of a legend off the field as a coach, but uh, love Herm, uh, love what he's what he's done with his career. And so he's going to get a shout for me at 46. Um, and then my other honorable mention, uh, actually one of our recurring guests, Will Moss, uh, it's his all-time favorite Brooklyn net, Jason Collins, who, uh, who wore 46 back in, I think, 2014. Uh, with the Nets, I can remember. And uh, if I remember this correctly, that 2014 season, I think Moss may have gone to a game that year in Jersey swapped with him. I can't remember, but uh, I do remember a story about that. He loves Jason Collins and, uh, you know, really wanted that jersey. So um, we'll have to have him come back on and confirm, but a uh, little fun fact for you there. Those are some good ones. A good shout out to Moss there. We know, uh, we don't know if we actually want to share that full story though, but. Uh, <laughs> 46, I got a couple of honorable mentions. The first one I'm going to throw out, uh, Lee Smith, a, a MLB relief pitcher. Um, he's been a candidate for induction into the Hall of Fame every year since 2003, but has yet to uh, to actually eclipse the 75% of, of votes required to get it. So he's still trying, but he uh, he's a two-time NL relief man of the year. He played for eight different teams over his 18-year career, but a uh, long and great career for him. Um, and the other shout-out I have to give is uh, one that is the only player I could think of off the top of my head that ever wore number 46, um, and it's Aaron Baines. No one ever thought we'd be shouting out Aaron Baines in Jersey Corner, but uh, 46 is a pretty slim, slim uh, number here, so – Got to throw some shouts to uh, to Aaron Baines, Rock 46, uh, I think for his last two seasons with the Celtics. So uh, Aaron Baines, Lee Smith, the two honorable mentions I have. I'll toss it back to you now, winner. 
Number 46, who is the best to ever put it on? Well, before I jump in there, I, I got to say, I like what you did with the, with the number 46. Baines, I think he's worn 46 in a few stops. And then Lee Smith, that's a great shot. The, uh, the mainstay on the Hall of Fame ballot. Maybe he gets in uh, this next go-round. We'll see. Stay tuned. We'll, we'll definitely have to report that yeah. if it comes to, uh, to fruition. But Lee Smith, so those are good. Um, winner, I think we might be – Headed in the same direction here. There's not a lot on 46. And, and the best player, the best professional uh, to wear the number, it was Andy Pettit, um, the, the longtime pitcher for the Yanks and, and the Astros. Uh, the guy's been just a winner more than anything. Won five World Series uh, throughout his career and uh, holds the record for the most uh, playoff wins um, as a starting pitcher. So uh, that's pretty impressive. Andy Pettit just uh, – uh, winner in, in kind of all facets and um, as the winner for the Jersey corner, number 46, at least my winner. I'm going a different direction with it. I like the, uh, the Andy Pettit shout out. He, he does probably deserve a shout out here, but um, I'm going with Todd Christensen, the uh, longtime tight end of the, uh, the, at the time, Oakland Raiders. Um, he, uh, was a two-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, um, really great player for a long career there in Oakland. So um, he's definitely out there as one of the best tight ends um, that, that we've seen in quite a while. Then was a great broadcaster after his uh, playing day. So definitely got to give a shout-out to Todd Christensen. I think he's winning my award for the best to ever wear number 46. Okay. Todd Christensen, baby. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that'll wrap it up. Hopefully we get a little bit more luck with 47. Um, but we'll be breaking down week 11. Uh, I know you were at the Chiefs game live in Arrowhead, so I'm, I'm excited to hear a little bit more about that. Um, but as always, uh, before we get into it, a word from our friends over at Shug's Bagels. This episode of Point of Drew is brought to you by the one, the only, Shug's Bagels. Termed by many as the new breakfast of champions, Shug's will be open all week long, serving up their famous bagels, rolls, wraps, and burritos. What? Yeah, you heard me. Burritos. Go check out their new special, Miguel's Burrito. Spicy chorizo, golden hash browns, juicy peppers and onions, and pepper jack cheese, all snugged up in one of their delicious wraps. Go show them some love on social media at Shug's Bagels and pay them a visit in Park City's Village right near SMU campus. Shug's Bagels, the new breakfast of champions. Yeah, week 11 in the books, Barton. A lot happened. We had some blowouts, a few upsets, some just surprises, a couple shootouts. Um, but you know where we got to start, man. Our Kansas City Chiefs are back. We are looking good. We're on a roll now, headed into this bye week next week. And uh, this team's feeling good, man. Smothered the Cowboys um, at home, 19 to 9. Defense stepped up. The team's playing well. I'm excited, man. Chiefs are back. Four straight. And uh, and we did this one in fashion at home. Uh, at home in front of you. You were uh, you were in the crowd, man. So before I, I get before we get into the game, like. Let's just break down the atmosphere. I don't. I don't know if all truthers can appreciate uh, kind of what Arrowhead is and what it means. But uh, if you could, if you could shed some light on that, I think that'd be great. 
it was electric, man. The vibe was awesome. One of the best environments in sports, without a doubt. But from the second you walk in there, um, you're hearing f bombs at the Cowboys fans. Uh, I, I had to wait in line in the to get into the bathroom for like ten minutes, and all the Chiefs fans were making jokes that uh, the line's taking so long because all the Cowboys fans have to sit to pee. <laughs> and we had some some classic uh, just Chiefs fans. Uh, everyone was going nuts, uh, standing the entire game. Didn't really sit down uh, except for like at the end of each quarter, you'd sit for a second before you got back up flyover was awesome before the game um you, you still have the entire crowd taking over the uh land of the free and the home of the chiefs before kick uh yep. just from before the game even starts till the second that the clock hit zero at the end of the fourth quarter the crowd was just going nuts was really into it and um it really helped us because this cowboys offense could not get things together um, aside from a couple big plays, they really were not able to move the ball. Um, this Chiefs defense played their best game of the year without a doubt. Um, kind of shut them down. Zeke didn't get going. Um, CD Lamb got hurt and, and missed the second half, but uh, they were having trouble getting him going in the first half. Dak was missing throws left and right. Uh, you know, a couple turnovers as well. So, Things were just clicking for the Chiefs, and the crowd was loving every second of it, man. It was a lot of fun. No doubt. It, it felt like uh, one of those classic get-right games where uh, Chiefs have been – have kind of lost their way a little bit throughout this year and uh, have started to get back on track a little bit, and then you come home. The fans have been, you know, in one week, out the other. Uh, but they're fired up. This is a big one against the Cowboys, and, and, and you could hear them. I know they played – swag surfing uh at the game uh which which got the, the the team pretty fired up and it looked like they had their swag back um jumping around it, it looked like the old Chiefs we we know and love and uh it was just great because uh, a lot of uncertainty going into that game um on on really both sides I think uh you know the Chiefs were uh a little bit concerned about some injuries and I know the Cowboys had quite a few um but hey we get it done 19 to 9 in front of the home crowd in front of you uh, I loved what I saw out of the defense. Uh, like you said, we really smothered them. Um, and I think that all goes down to, to what Spags did um, from an adjustment perspective. If finally, we get Chris Jones back in his position uh, in the middle of defensive tackle where he is, uh, you know, if one of the most disruptive players in the league and uh, ends the game with three and a half sacks. So really took over, um, you know, get Frank Clark healthy. Add Melvin Ingram, and, and this defensive line looks a lot different than it did four weeks ago, um, which I think is really going to help them stretch. Definitely. I mean, Chris Jones had one of the best games I've ever seen. He had, uh, had several pass deflections. He had four sacks. He was making every single play. He was disrupting things in the backfield all night. Uh, he made Dak's life hell. So it was awesome to see see that type of game out of Chris Jones. He's showing flashes of this you know, DPOY type of potential. So that was fun to see, but really got me thinking, man, I, I, I need to ask you, what's this outlook look like for the Chiefs now? Are we back on track? Are we, you know, Super Bowl favorites? Are we back in that conversation or, or, or am I getting ahead of myself? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And I don't know if it's difficult to answer at this point in time. 
It was a great win, huge win, uh, but you got to put it in perspective. Uh, offense still looks sloppy. Turnovers are still an issue. Penalties are still an issue. Drops are still an issue. Um, so, you know, we still got to get better each and every week on the offensive side of the ball um, before we're back where we should be. Uh, love what we saw out of the defense, but again, keeping it in perspective, the Cowboys were shelled themselves on offense because of injuries. Tyron Smith, their all-pro left tackle out. Amari Cooper, their, their wide receiver one out. Um, and then CD uh, and Zeke both go down during the game. So uh, this was not the same Cowboys team. Uh, the Chiefs took advantage. Spags called the beauty of a game. Uh, took advantage of all the mismatches because of the injuries and, and, and maximize those. And, uh, you know, that's that's going to be an asset for the Chiefs down the stretch is having Spags. And, you know, he can really maximize what he can with this less than stellar personnel. But, um, but I, I don't think we're quite World Series uh, contenders until I see an, another <laughs> World Series Super Bowl <laughs> contenders until I uh, until I see a, a really kick ass performance from the offense. I got you. You can shy away from it. I'll say it. Chiefs are going to win the AFC now. I'm convinced. I'm ready for it. But uh, I'm all on board now. But talking about some other AFC contenders, man. Last week I sat on this very podcast and said the Bills were going to win the AFC. I'm backing out of that. Like I said, I'm taking the Chiefs now, and uh, I, I'm happy that I'm backing off the Bills because they got routed by the Colts. Jonathan Taylor went nuts. Uh, final score, 41-15 to 15 in that game. Uh, things were not looking too hot for Buffalo. Yeah, Taylor, we've all heard about it. Um, the legendary five-touchdown game, over 200 yards from scrimmage. He's looking like an absolute beast. Uh, saw us that. His eighth straight game uh, with over 100 yards and a touchdown. So some some real production from him uh, and consistent production, which has turned the Colts into uh, what looks like almost a contender at this point. You never thought you'd see the day where Carson Wentz uh, is being talked about as maybe going to the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, the Colts looked for real. They did it in Buffalo. Um, which was incredible. And you you picked the Bills to win the AFC on the last pod, and so did I. Um, so I'm, I'm in that boat with you, and, and it's really coming down to, hey, are, are they even contenders at this point anymore? They've lost five of six, um, and one of those games going to jet the Jacksonville Jaguars. So yeah. uh, a lot of issues in Buffalo. Um, I'm not completely sold about their chances to, to make the Super Bowl now either. Yeah, and I mean – even further, they're not leading their own division. The Patriots have now surpassed, and the Patriots are leading the AFC East. Uh, Bills are in second now. Um, you mentioned that they've had a tough stretch, obviously. Um, you know, they played the Jets last week, so that's a, a penciled-in W. But the week before, a 9-6 to loss to Jacksonville. That doesn't look too good. And then they have a really tough schedule coming up. Uh, they play the Saints in New Orleans on Thanksgiving, so – that's going to be a fun game, probably the best game coming up on Thursday. Um, but then they play New England in week 13. They got Tampa in week 14. Carolina, who's looking a lot better in week 15. Um, then you go at New England. Uh, and then the last two games of the year are Falcons and Jets. So they should win those. But still, two against New England and have a Tampa in there, as well as at New Orleans. I mean, they do not have an easy schedule the rest of the way. So would not surprise me if the Bills drop another two or three games this season. Um, they've got a tough stretch. They're not in first place in the division. They've got an uphill fight if they want to, uh, you know, even get a wild card right now. 
their season really rests on those two Pats matchups. Um, that's what it's going to come down to. Uh, the Pats did surpass them, but two head-to-heads left and, and two cupcake games at the end with the Jets and uh, the Falcons. I think the Colts can still get it done, uh, be a high seed in the AFC, but it's going to really just come down to how they fare against New England. I'm, I'm stoked for those ones. Yeah, definitely. That's going to be a ton of fun to watch. Um, well, moving to the Colts side of things, they're looking better, man. The Colts are kind of putting it together. Jonathan Taylor obviously is playing like an MVP. Can, can the Colts now win the AFC South? I mean, it, it, the Titans obviously struggled, fell apart this week, and, and got upset by Coley's army, our boys. Uh, but but now it looks like we may have a race in the AFC South. Do you think the Colts have any chance of, of making a run? You know, I – it's tough. The Colts have won five of six. They're looking really strong, but uh, there's still two back of the Titans and their schedule is, is almost as hard as the Bills, are, if not harder. Uh, the Colts have a tough, tough go of it the rest of the way. They're two games back uh, sitting here now after week 11. And I just think there's too much ground to make up. I think the Colts come in, uh, you know, if they can, they'll get a wild card spot. They're looking like a team that, that should get a wild card spot at this point, but uh, there is a lot of football left. So I think the South this year is going to belong to Tennessee, uh, but the Colts, I think, have a, are in good position for a wild card spot at this point in time. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I would, I would agree with you. I do think the Titans are holding on there. I don't see them dropping uh, too many more games the rest of the way out. But uh, moving on, game of the day on Sunday was uh, – it had to be this Kirk Cousins versus Aaron Rodgers duel. Uh, both of those offenses were firing. Uh, 31 – or 34-31 win for the Vikings. So impressive showing out of Kirk Cousins. Uh, the Vikings, are they for real? They have any shot of, uh, you know, moving into this playoff picture or, or even moving up towards uh, contending with Green Bay in that division? I'm leaning towards yes. I think they, I think the Vikes have a lot of talent, obviously. They've got the trio of skill position players of Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and, and Adam Thielen. That's, I think, any team would dream of having those three guys. But, uh, again, they got Kirk. A head coach or head head quarterback, um, you're always going to have to worry about him and and, and his decision making uh, down the stretch in games. Um, so I'm not I'm not 100 sold, but 100 sold on the Vikes. But I think they do have a lot of talent. Um, this one, the Packers had so many guys out. Uh, Rodgers was playing hurt. They're missing Aaron Jones, uh, missing a bunch of guys on defense. Their best corner, their best pass rusher. So. Uh, I think, yeah, I'm impressed with the way the Vikes played at home and, and they got a good divisional dub and they, that they desperately needed. Um, but I still think the uh, the Packers are a better team in that division. So uh, I'm leaning towards, yeah, the Vikes are, are, are for real, but not, not for real enough to win that division. Yeah, I have trouble saying the Vikings are for real when they're still just 500. Uh, I mean, I get that there really aren't that many great teams in the NFC right now in, in- Definitely wouldn't surprise me if the Vikings still tried to make a little run at it and actually finish with a pretty strong record. But they're sitting at five and five right now, um, three games back of, of the Packers, who are eight and three. So um, I do think the Vikings are in a really good spot to uh, land one of these two wild card spots in the NFC, but uh, they're not coming close to touching the Packers in that division. Yeah, completely agree. It's, it's an interesting conference where, uh, they pretty much got five spots locked up and 
the six, the last two wildcard spots, number six and number seven, kind of up for the grabs here with the host of teams. I think there's five teams with five wins uh, currently, the Vikings, the Eagles, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Niners. So you got to think at least two – Two of those five teams will probably end up with those final wildcard spots. So it's going to be uh, a crazy finish to see who gets them. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's move on, man. Our performers of the week. Let's uh, talk about some players who had a, a great week here. And I'll let you kick things off uh, with an honorable mention. We'll start there. Who's your honorable mention player of the week? Honorable mention, I'm going with your guy. Tyrod Taylor, uh, yes, not, the, not the flashiest stat line in the world, uh, but you had to give him an honorable mention here. Two rushing TDs and the big Houston win over uh, Tennessee. Uh, Coley's Army gets it done 22-12. to 12. One of the most disgusting games I've ever seen, but Tyrod did his thing, and the guy just stacks up doves. Um, and he's taking on the Jets next week, so chance to get two in a row for our boy Ty. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he makes another appearance in the Performer of the Week honorable mention section next week. Absolutely. I would expect him to be back. Tyrod, definitely one of the best to ever do it. So uh, <laughs> definitely no surprise. He's on this Performer of the Week list. Um, my honorable mention, I had a tough time deciding which quarterback I was going to choose out of that Green Bay, um, Minnesota game. I think Kirk Cousins actually impressed me a little more. Um, his final stat line was 24 of 35, three TDs for 341 yards. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers, really similar stat line, 23 of 33 passing, four touchdowns, 385 yards. So uh, almost a combined 750 yards and seven TDs out of those two guys. So um, kind of given a, a combined honorable mention performer of the week, but uh, both of those quarterbacks from the uh, Minnesota Green Bay game this weekend deserve a shout out for uh, honorable mention performers of the week. They did light it up. Uh, that one was a fun one. Um, I guess I'll kick things off here. Yeah. My and honestly, I don't even know if we need to uh, announce who our winner is. I think it's pretty obvious who is the best performer of the week, but I'll let you, uh, I'll let you say it. Yeah. Well, I'm actually going a different, Different direction. I know you're going with wow. that based on uh, that, uh, that <laughs> intro, but I'm going with a different guy. Um, he did it on the big stage in prime time Sunday night. Justin Herbert uh, with an mm. incredible performance against the Steelers defense at home, uh, threw for 382 and three TDs, and then added 90 more rushing yards on the ground. Uh, Herbert, they'd been sliding, lost three or four. Herbert had looked shaky. Uh, the last couple of weeks and uh, gets to prime time and just absolutely puts the team on his back and balls out. Um, so like the chiefs, like we kind of mentioned earlier, they had a kind of a get right game where they got the swag back against the Cowboys. I think Herbert had one for himself uh, there against the Steelers winning at 41 37 at home. So Justin Herbert is my performer of the week. That's awesome. I, I, I would guess Justin Herbert probably leads uh, all point of drew performance of the week nominations i think he's we we've probably mentioned him more than any other player so far this season but um like i mentioned i'm going a different direction than you and to me this one could not have been more obvious um record shattering day for jonathan taylor uh over 200 scrimmage yards 185 of those rushing 
and five touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown in a massive 41-15 route of the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah, hands down for me, Jonathan Taylor was the performer of the week, no doubt about it. Can't, uh, can't not shout him out, so I'm glad you did because uh, I went in a different <laughs> direction. But, yeah, he, he was too big for that Buffalo D. They couldn't tackle him. Um, and, hey, it's been eight weeks in a row for with over 100 yards, so I don't think he's stopping anytime soon. Um, that will wrap things up for week 11. Though. Let's move on. Week 12, uh, let's go through some bets here. We got six this week because uh, Thanksgiving, it's feast week, all right, and Thanksgiving comes around. We get three games, and so uh, we'll jump into them. Uh, starting the early game, uh, again, they always like to ruin this one for you on Thanksgiving, but uh, th- we have the Chicago Bears visiting the Detroit Lions. Uh, Chicago is going to come in there as a the three-point favorite. Who you got? Yeah, so luckily they're getting this game out of the way early. This is, you know, 11.30 a.m., so, you know, you're starting to, to finally sit down, probably haven't even eaten yet, like you're, you're doing whatever. So get this game out of the way. Um, but the Bears, they're going to win it. Wish I could bet on the Lions. Wish I could say that the Lions are going to uh, grab that first one of the season, but I just can't buy it yet. I do think the Bears hold on. I think Matt Nagy survives another week, um, but it, it is not looking good. Both of these teams suck. This game is not going to be fun to watch, but I do think the Bears win and cover. It's a smart play. Uh, the, the, the quarterback matchup, I think, is uh, Andy Dalton and David Blau. I could be wrong, but uh, two backups in. It's it's pretty brutal. It's it's dim. Uh, I think you said it best. Get the game – get this game out of the way early. Um, I'm going to go with Detroit, man. I think nice. they, they, they're they hungry for a win. I think this Bears team sucks. I think Nagy's getting fired after this game, win or lose. Um, and so I'm taking, I'm taking the lines. I think uh, – uh, our boy Dan Campbell is going to get it done on his favorite holiday, Thanksgiving, baby. Nice. Like that pick there. Next game up, we've got Las Vegas, the Raiders, traveling into Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Cowboys come into that game as seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Which way are you going on this one? I think a lot of it depends on how – Healthy Dallas is come game time. I know CeeDee Lamb might be able to play. We'll see what happens. Um, but I, I just do think – I think this game's going to be close for a while, but then I just think Dallas runs away within the second half. They seem to always play well uh, on Thanksgiving, or at least have recently. Um, so I like the Cowboys to cover the seven-and-a-half point line on Thanksgiving. Which way I'm you going? I'm going the same direction. I agree with you. I do think Dallas covers the seven-and-a-half point spread. It is worth noting the Cowboys have actually lost three of the last four Thanksgiving Day games that they've played. So uh, they're coming off of a loss to the Chiefs in Arrowhead, short week, and taking on a Raiders team who really needs a win. Um, So I do think the Raiders are going to fight. But at the end of the day, I think Dallas really needs this win too. I think Dallas is really going to come out, try and prove that they deserve to continue being part of those top of the NFC conversations and I think the Cowboys end up pulling away towards the end of this one. Cool. Same page there. Uh, the night game, the game that you think you mentioned earlier is probably the game of the day. Uh, we have the Buffalo Bills uh, going to New Orleans. The Bills opening up here six-point favorites. So New Orleans, the Saints, they have won five straight games against the Bills. 
Uh, they've been rolling the Bills, but I think that streak comes to an end. I do think Buffalo wins this game by a touchdown. If Jameis was there, if Jameis could, could you know, uh, eat a dub on Thanksgiving for the people, I might be riding New Orleans, but I'm going Buffalo this week. I like that pick. I'm going the same way. Buffalo absolutely got routed. Uh, they're on a short week, but I think this team is, is pretty legit, and I think they can respond. Uh, you know, they're better than they've been playing recently, and so I think they, uh, they cover the six points in New Orleans. Yep, I'm with you there. So those are our Thanksgiving Day games. Um, you've got Detroit. I've got Chicago in the opener. We're both riding Dallas in the afternoon game and then both riding Buffalo in that, in that Thursday night game uh, moving on to our Sunday marquee game a really fun NFC matchup we've got the Los Angeles Rams at the Green Bay Packers no line here this is a straight up pick them one way or another who you got this one's fun this one's got NFC championship kind of vibes written all over it Rogers Stafford uh San Lambeau uh so Stafford knows that place he's he's been there um, but he's with a new team now. He's with a new coach. Uh, so I think it's a little bit of a different result. I like the Rams to go in. They, they need a win. They've been struggling recently. Uh, the Packers still pretty uh, pretty banged up. And so I like the Rams to go into Lambeau and get this dub. Well, I, I'm riding with you. I agree. I basically would say exactly the same thing as you. I do think the Rams really need a, a win here. Um, just get back on track. I, I still am kind of feeling like the Rams are the best team in the NFC, but they've been a little bit shaky as of late. They need to come out and prove it. I think they're going to win this game. Yeah, either way, cannot wait for that one. Uh, we'll move to the Sunday night matchup. Uh, Enter divisional matchup here. We got the Cleveland Browns visiting the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Ravens open up as three and a half point favorites. As they should, Ravens win this one. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, they have not looked too great lately. Just barely sneaked out uh, of a win against Detroit this past weekend. Um, I'm not sold on Cleveland at all. And I think Baltimore, if Lamar's playing, if he can get on the field, uh, this should be an easy cover for the Ravens. That's where I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, the Ravens are the better team. I, I would agree, but – uh, we've also seen some pretty bizarre performances from them this year in prime time, uh, most recently against the Dolphins on a, on a Thursday night a couple of weeks ago. So I don't trust this Ravens team. I think the Browns really need a win. Uh, a lot of people talking shit on the Browns uh, as of late. And so uh, they need this one more than the Ravens. So I'm taking the Browns to at least cover the three and a half on the road. Nice. I like that pick. That's going to be a fun Sunday night game. Should be a good way to wrap up this weekend. Um, and then lastly, another pick em to wrap up the weekend on Monday night. Seattle traveling to Washington. We've got the Seahawks taking on Washington football team. And like I mentioned, another pick em. Who you got in this one? This game should not be a pick em. Uh, Seattle's traveling east to Washington. I think uh, based on recent play, the teams are almost even in general. So, uh, Washington deserves to be favored here. I think they uh, cover the pick I think they win the game. Uh, this Washington team, man, they're better than people give them credit for. I'm on the exact same page with you. I do think Washington's better than people give them credit for. Uh, they fight every single game. 
Uh, Seattle's just not a good team this year. As much as, as people want to hype up Russ Wilson, always kind of consider Seattle a team that's going to be around contending. They're not that team this year at all. Um, Washington's got more fight in them, and I think Washington covers uh, – or you know, they don't need to cover. There's no spread, but I think Washington comes out of this game on top. So I'm riding with the football team. Right on. Well, same page there. Uh, we just broke down six games uh, we bet on this week. Uh, after the, the recount last week's standings, uh, I went one and three. Uh, Z went two and two. So he's got a slim lead uh, going into week 12, six games. So could could swing in a big way here. As I, I, we're not on the same page for at least three or four of them. So looking forward to seeing how week 12 shakes out. Um, but before we go, a uh, little catch up. I know we're about 15 or 20 games into the NBA season. Um, people, the Druthers are going to be bored over the uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. You always are. There's going to be NBA on, so it's probably best if they know um, the league pass rings, the most fun teams to watch, um, and, and who better to tell them than the resident point of Drew NBA expert uh, yourself. Um, so if you just want to dive in, you know, maybe a couple honorable mentions and then the top five league pass rankings uh, for this NBA season so far. Yeah, so I had to put a lot of thought into this. And I, uh, the way I ended up choosing it was just saying that the five teams I've had the most fun watching this year, that's the five I put on my, my top five here. So the two that were the, the toughest cuts were the Nuggets and the Heat. They did not make that list. The Heat have been awesome. I love watching the Heat. Um, so I, I'd tell everyone to go watch the Heat. Same with the Nuggets. Uh, watching Nikola Jokic is just so much fun. He's incredible. Uh, but neither of those teams made the top five. Uh, but with that said, I'll start at number five. Um, the, the team everyone needs to be tuning into is the Phoenix Suns. Currently on a 13-game win streak, the longest active inch win streak in the NBA. Um, they're sitting at 14-3 and three right now. Everything's clicking for them. Sheesh. Booker and CP3 are on it. Aiton's looked incredible. Mikhail Bridges is still the best wing defender in the league. Um, a lot of good things happening for the Phoenix Suns right now. They've been a ton of fun to watch. Uh, and, yeah, like I mentioned, 13-game win streak. So uh, if you're looking for something to watch, tune into the Suns, and uh, let's see how long they can ride this streak. They're looking really good. I love to hear that, man. I love to hear that they're on this streak. They're rallying, uh, have had the unfortunate uh, circumstance of having that Robert Sarver, their owner, get caught up in, in some off-court shit. But it seems like they're they're keeping their their head straight and uh, and they're battling on the court. So I love to see the Suns uh, eight in a row. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Uh, so they're looking good. Suns have been fun to watch. Uh, number four on my league pass rankings. The Brooklyn Nets, this one's pretty obvious. They've got Kevin Durant on their team. What more needs to be said? Uh, the Nets are 8-2 and two over their last 10. Uh, they're back up to first place in the East. This is a really, really good team. Uh, it's interesting how they're doing it. They've got a lot of just, uh, I don't even know how to say it, interesting players. They're, uh, they play kind of a different style every night. Like some, some games you'll see LaMarcus Aldridge out there getting – 28 minutes and putting up 20 points other games he doesn't even get in the game and you got guys like Blake Griffin stepping up or a uh, Patty Mills could get hot um I think Harden is still uh hasn't gotten it together yet this season but uh he's gonna turn it on eventually I'm not concerned Harden's one of the best players in the league and so 
just everything about this Brooklyn Nets team is a ton of fun. So uh, Nets coming in number four on the league pass rankings. Is my guy Cam Thomas getting any run? Uh, no, he, he's not really playing too much. Um, well, yeah. that would make them – that would make the Nets I, – I don't know if they'd be on my league pass rankings because, as we know, it's well-documented, not the biggest KD guy. Uh, but if my guy Cam Thomas was getting getting some run, I, I might put him up there. But Nets at four, who you got at three? Yeah. Um, at number three on this list, I've got the Hornets. And this one is a, a very just one-person answer, LaMelo Ball. He's been so much fun. The, the Charlotte Hornets are currently sitting at fifth in the Eastern Conference. Uh, it's obviously a super tight Eastern Conference, but LaMelo is in the top five most fun players to watch in the league right now. There's no doubt about that. And then you've got guys like Terry Rozier, who's stepping up. He's knocking down clutch shots, crossing people over. You've got Miles Bridges, who is determined to dunk everything and anything. He's attacking the rim, uh, just fearless. Uh, Miles Bridges is like extremely improved this year. Um, even guys like Kelly Oubre, he's playing pretty well so far this year. Gordon Hayward, I, I don't care for Gordon Hayward too much, but he's still doing his thing. He's still a good player. So uh, all of those combined make this Hornets team a lot of fun and um, I'm a big fan of their coach, James Borrego. I think the mm-hmm. way he uh, has kind of implemented their style and really uh, the way he controls this team has been a lot of fun to watch as well. So Hornets definitely deserve to be on everyone's league pass uh, teams to, to watch out for. So I've got them number three. They're no doubt a fun team. And uh, it's amazing seeing them up at, at the fifth spot in the East already in, in LaMelo's second season. Um, he's leading them uh, to high places. So they're, they're fun watch as well. Number two, who you got? Number two, and it was tough, really tough not to put this team number one, but it's the Golden State Warriors. They're 15 and two right now. They're first in the West. Steph Curry is out there just proving people that he can lead a team by himself. He can carry a team. He's one of the top 15 players of all time. He's no doubt the greatest shooter of all time. And he's out to win another MVP and actually looks like he's putting together and leading a team that is capable of winning another championship. Uh, Everything Steph's doing is insane. And uh, I think what actually makes this Warriors team really fun is they aren't loaded with talent right now. Um, Clay Thompson's coming back and he'll be a ton of fun, but what they went on and did this summer was just load up with high IQ guys. Uh, everyone that they brought on is just a smart player that can really play around Steph and really maximize him. Uh, Nemanja Bieliza, Andre Iguodala, um, uh, Gary Payton the second. He's been so much fun to watch. Um, but everything that this Warriors team is doing is really just building up Steph. Um, surrounding him with high IQ guys and then opening up opportunities for guys like Jordan Poole to step up, um, drop 30 like he did the other night. Um, so this Warriors team, super fun to watch. Uh, Steph Curry may be the single most fun player to watch in the NBA. Yeah, they remind me a lot of uh, like a 2000 Spurs team with the ball movement and the IQ. They just so happen to have the best shooter of all time also. So uh, no doubt, a lot of fun. Uh, Golden State off to a hot start. Number one league pass ranking team so far in this season. Who you got? 
the number one league pass ranking team on my list, the Chicago Bulls. Out of nowhere, they are third in the East right now, 13-6 and six record. The Bulls have been so much fun. They just came off of a, a massive uh, loss to the Pacers, but I give them a little uh, little cushion there. It was a back-to-back after getting home from a five-game West Coast trip, so we'll let that one slide. But aside from that, the, the Bulls have been firing on all cylinders. DeMar DeRozan is – unreal he's been playing super super well um and i do have to say i mean i think people being surprised that demar Derozan is playing the way he is uh are people that have not been watching demar Derozan play uh i sat on this podcast last year going into the all-star break and said if anyone has been watching the spurs demar Derozan deserves to be an all-star um i had him ahead of devin booker and chris paul for in my all-star ballot last year and now everyone's saying oh he took a huge leap no he didn't he's been this guy he's just now in a good situation with his bulls team surrounded by uh, uh, some young guys some guys that are um you know fierce defenders you've got alex caruso who's fun to watch on defense javante green you've got aya Desunmo, the rook coming in he's you know uh playing with some fire under him Derek Jones Jr. is probably the highest flyer in the league. Lonzo Ball has been a great addition. Um, Kobe White's coming back from injury. Uh, and then Vucevic is great. He uh, He's out right now with COVID, but um, he'll be back. And then to top it all off, you still got your best player, Zach Levine, having a great season as well. So um, there's a lot going right for this Bulls team right now. Billy Donovan has this team playing. Um a really smart style of basketball. Their defense is better than anyone expected. And the Bulls, man, number one on this list and a very deserving number one. Best team to watch so far this season. I love to hear that, man. Not just because of all the players that they now have, but a lot of the narratives, right? It's like some most of these guys have been written off, like you mentioned, DeRozan wasn't getting the credit that he deserved. Uh, Lonzo, he's definitely had some some negative press over the years. And uh, Billy Donovan, maybe more than any of them, has kind of gotten a bad rap. So it's great to see them all kind of under underappreciated in different ways, end up at the same place and kind of coalesce how they have. So um, super excited and, and definitely rooting for the Bulls to, to keep up the momentum. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun. But, yeah, like I said, if any of you guys out there looking to tune into some NBA, this is the place to start. Suns, Nets, Hornets, Warriors, and first and foremost, the Chicago Bulls. So definitely be checking them out. Yep. Well, that'll wrap it. Uh, We got the league pass rankings in, one through five. Uh, Make sure to check them out. We got uh, a recap of week 11 in. Um, We'll be back after this week uh, to break down week 12. Um, May have some other topics to discuss as well, but... Um, hope everyone enjoys the uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. We know, uh, you know, we're thankful for for all the truthers out there. We're thankful for our uh, our sponsor, Shug's Bagels. We're thankful for sports in general. Um, they're definitely a great thing in our lives. And so, uh, yeah, hope all hope all the truthers enjoy it. Absolutely, everybody. Appreciate you rocking with us. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. Peace. Peace. <laughs>